Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show here on this Thursday on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. The countdown continues to NBA Finals Game 1. We're going to have it for you in a little over an hour from now, where our coverage begins just after 8 o'clock. Celtics taking on the Warriors and joining us now. A guy who knows a thing or two about the NBA Finals. He was a part of three teams that went to NBA Finals, played in three of them himself. It's longtime NBA point guard and a guy who's done some coaching as well, Eric Snow. Eric, thanks for being with us. How are you? No, um, thank you very much. I'm doing terrific. How about yourself? I'm doing well as well. And and I don't know if what I'm about to tell you is corny or complimentary, but I cannot tell you how many times in the driveway I was pretending to be Eric Snow, Aaron McKee, Theo Ratliff, Allen Iverson. Nice. Your Sixers teams, man, They, especially the one that got to the finals, they were a cultural phenomenon. Did you realize that at the moment? Yeah, I, I, I kind of notice it as I get older. Um, you know, people telling me, you know, they, they, they kind of tell me their age when they kind of tell me <laughs> stories about it and, and how they remember it. But um, but also, you know, shows how dynamic a guy like Alan Iverson was. You know, we have, you know, let's be honest, that most of our viewership and fans were were, were because of him. And I think that our team, the way we played, kind of brought in some fans and brought enthusiasm, especially in the Philadelphia area. But it was a good time. I, I really um, am thankful for that time. You know, as we get ready for the Celtics tonight, the – the Warriors have a ton of finals experience and a title and, and a title degree. The Celtics have no finals experience, although a lot of big game experience. What are the emotions like when you take the floor for the first time in your first finals? Um, it's a great deal of enthusiasm. Um, I think that you you do calm and you do get to a point where you calm down and everything settle. Um, I think for Golden State's top three guys. That, that selling moment has already happened. <laughs> That's what the experience kind of brings for those guys. Um, but you still have some anxious energy, even, you know, for guys that's been there. Um, Boston is different because, you know, they just have so many new and fresh guys. But uh, I don't I don't want to get it confused because, you know, Golden State's had a great deal of success. But they still have some other key guys on their team that's yeah. fresh for them too. So, so they, a lot of those guys are going through – you know, Wiggins, Looney, and 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 Poole, those guys playing major minutes and having major contribution are still feeling the same thing that Boston's feeling. Let me ask you kind of the same question, but from two different vantage points here. This Celtics team has been through the ringer the last couple of years, right? And yes. especially the Kyrie Irving, you know, the Kyrie Irving years kind of stunted the growth of their young players. When you are a veteran on a young team, how do you balance letting young players grow versus not letting them have full control of the room? Well, I mean, I think that for the most part, the teams that I've played on, um, you know, you didn't really have – I didn't have younger guys that really were well, – maybe the right word is not necessarily mature enough, but mm. kind of mature and the experience um, and the talent to kind of command the room. The guy that was – like that that I played with was LeBron James. Yeah. And it was because of, um, you know, his talent, but it was also his maturity beyond years than, than, than his actual age um, and his approach to the game. He put in the work. So I think it is possible when you can have a young guy to do it, but it's, it's kind of thing. Other things have to fall in place. It can't just be because he's talented. Um, he has to command the respect from other players and be able to give it, um, set the example for leadership, 
Um, and if guys can do that, even if a young age, I don't think the age really matters if they're doing those those things as needed for a team to be successful. And how about I, I got to give a lot of credit to a guy like Al Horford. He was part of the Celtics team before. He knows the problems, the pitfalls that they went through. He comes back now. And it seems like, you know, he's really just tried to add to the culture and add to the dynamic and not try to change things. When you are a, a true veteran in the league, you know, how do you just kind of massage the locker room to keep it strong or make it stronger? Well, I mean, I think it, it's his approach more than anything else. Um, he, he's professional. He comes, he plays hard, he does his job. So when, when you do those things, you're setting an example for the team. You set an example for the coaching staff to use, a model to use. So it's a model for success. So that's kind of where he helps. And then the things that he does on the court has, has been tremendous for this for the Celtics. So when when guys see his approach and they see how he is off the court, and then all of a sudden you get on the court and you see that amount of success and you see how much the contributions help the team, it's easy for guys to draw from that and, and try to emulate what he's doing out there on the court because of the success that comes with it. Former NBA point guard Eric Snow played in three NBA finals. He's here with us in the Brady Farkas Show. We're counting down to game one. Celtics Warriors tonight will have the coverage for you. Tip-off is just after 9 o'clock. What do you think the best way for the Celtics defense to attack Golden State is? We've heard a lot of talk about you got to get physical with them, but then we've heard the Warriors can handle physicality. What would you do style-wise if you're the Cs? I mean, I think that, um, you know, obviously I think, you know, the number one thing is, is to try to somewhat slow down or average out Steph and Curry. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, obviously that's going to be a job that Marcus Smart's going to have to do. Um, but not just Marcus Smart. I think it's the game plan that you know, Ime is going to come up with and be, or the guy's going to be able to um, attack it and stay with it enough to, if it's not working, to be able to make an adjustment. Um, you know, the old saying in defense is you're, you're as strong as your weakest link. So making sure that all of the guys that are on the court are well equipped and well ready to execute whatever defensive game plan you have. Um, if Steph Curry's setting up screen, if he's receiving a screen, if he's coming off pick and roll to the right, pick and roll to the left, whatever adjustments, whatever plan that you make, try to execute it to his, to the best of his, your ability to see if it's working, to see if we make, need to make an adjustment and see how they're attacking it. So I think that being really in tune to what what you want to do to be able to go forward and make the adjustments has to be done. So I think that yes, you want to be physical, but you got to be physical without without filing. But at the same time, you just can't give them the easy baskets, the clean shots and get letting them get to the free throw line. That's where they really hurt you. You know, I am very fearful of Robert Williams not having an impact in this series. One is his health. But two, just from an on-court standpoint, I really fear a lot of pick and rolls and the the Warriors guards trying to get Williams out away from the paint, away from the basket, and into some adverse matchups. You as a point guard, what do you do to isolate a matchup that may be in your favor? How do you attack it? Well, I mean, you know, nowadays, you know, teams switch a lot. So it's it just really depends on what they're doing defensively. Most most times if you want to isolate this particular player. They switch a lot, but as you've seen with the Golden State with um, the Mavericks, they avoided you know um, stuff and pulling those guys defending Luca. Yeah. So it, you know it, it it can be done, but I you know I think that Golden State will try to attack 
matchups. I'm sure that, you know, they'll try to get a big on a small because um, most teams do. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they do that um, with Looney on the, on the court. So, uh, you know, I'll see, you know, we'll see very soon. Um, <laughs> Boston's going to be able to, um, you know, what they're going to do if they try to attach, you know, if they try to attack them and pick a roll and try to get them to switch, are they going to just show and contest and not switch? So um, they may have that. They may switch with Al and Grant Williams, but not um, Williams. You know, Grant yeah. Williams, they may switch, but not um, Big Fella Williams. Robert, they may not switch with him. So it, it, it kind of, you got to, we, we have to kind of wait and see. Um, how this first game is going to roll out, and there may be adjustments during the game as well. You know, we've talked about this here in New England all season, but nationally they're catching on to it now. The differences between Brad Stevens and Ime Udoka and their coaching styles, and a lot's being made about Udoka's ability to hold players accountable and kind of how blunt and transparent he is with players. You played for some of the most legendary coaches in the sports history, George Carl and Larry Brown. How do you like your coach to be kind of attitude-wise? How do you like them to communicate with you to get the best out of you? I, I have no problem with, um, you know, I think when, when you're a professional, you don't really want, especially your older guy to have, you know, like, you know, having children and families and you're a grown man. You don't necessarily need a coach, you know, yelling and cursing at you. Yeah. Um, but I think what you want is a coach that whatever he can say to Pritchard, he can say to Jason Taylor. That's mm-hmm. why, that's how I think you you can command the locker room. That that you you you, you treat everyone the same, you respect everyone the same, uh, but you hold Jason Tatum as much accountable as you do Pritchard. When when you have coaches that can do that and do that well, they'll have a locker room. You know, I got to tell you real quick before I let you go here. Uh, I showed my age by telling you I was a fan of your Sixers teams, but <laughs> before that, I was I actually grew up in Seattle, so I grew up a diehard Sonics fan. And I know awesome. <laughs> you were playing you were playing in Seattle, so 95-96 finals, I was there. So you got awesome. to play with Peyton and Kemp and you got to play with Iverson, you got to play with LeBron. Who was the biggest personality that you played with? The biggest personality? Cuz you played with a bunch um, the biggest personality, probably Gary Payton. Yeah. Yeah, probably Gary Payton. And we're going to see his son, uh, hopefully, in this series. Looks yeah, like he's healthy I, I enough to be out there. the biggest personality. It, it, was, it was one of a kind. Did you think, after you won games four and five in 95-96, did you think you were going to beat the Bulls in that finals? The momentum was with you. I mean, we, we, we thought we were. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we knew man. it was an uphill battle, you know, going back to Chicago and needing to win, to win two games. But, you know, we felt we were until it, until we didn't. Well, I love that team, too. I've loved multiple Eric Snow teams here. So, uh, Eric, man, we appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon.